All right, guys, welcome back to the Universe Sports Talk podcast. We are back in Provo in the Brim Hall building, uh, live coming at you, Caleb Turner and Jackson Payne. How are we feeling? Oh, man, feeling good, you know. Great, great win down in L.A. for, for the Cougars. No loss November is in the books. We made it back to Provo safely without any uh, tomfoolery on their way home. So, you know, a bit exhausted, but it's a, it's a good exhausted, you know. It's, a, it's that emotional, just had a lot of happiness all at once type of exhaustion, not the uh, not the agony that we were experiencing after Baylor or Boise Ooh. State. So, yeah, you know, great great way to end the regular season, great way to end November. Just how about them Cougs? How about them Cougs? Ah, well, last time we talked to you guys, we were right in the thick of it, right in the middle of the final day of of, of what we hoped would be no loss November, and uh, now we've we've been through it. Uh, the the hardest part of the fall season is behind us, I believe. Uh, as far at least probably as far as football. Um, and a large part of the, the most difficult stretch of basketball as well. Although, it, you know, for a lot of the other sports, it really doesn't slow down because we've got women's soccer in the Final Four coming up this weekend, uh, women's volleyball hitting the NCAA tournament, a, a tournament as the overall 11 seed. So uh, it just kind of keeps going, even though we've got a little bit of a, of a break. You know, we, we, we rest on our sword for, for a day, as it were, and then we kind of go back at it. We've got uh, men's basketball against UVU tomorrow, uh, a little crosstown clash, but... Yeah, we'll do a quick little recap of you know what happened over the weekend and then look forward to what we got right back to jump into. <laughs> For sure. So no loss November in the books. Um, and, you know, as crazy as it is, you know, no BYU sports team lost a game in November and then you add in the two national t- champions for cross country. Oh, shout out. That was not an easy month to go and be undefeated in. You know, I, yeah. it's, it's crazy to think that you didn't win, you didn't lose a single game. But some of the obstacles that they had to – to go that they'd overcome in order to get that undefeated month are just insane because you look at basketball basketball is six and oh yeah are they six and oh or so i know women's basketball is seven and oh so then men's probably six and oh men's yeah. is six and oh and four of those teams were in the tournament right last year including number 12 oregon yeah which you had to go win that game on the road so that's unreal um women's basketball goes and wins the saint pete's showcase yep they win the saint pete's showcase have to beat two ranked teams in a row that's no piece of cake either. Then they beat Fresno State as well earlier in the season, who is the favorite to win the Mountain West. Obviously not a great conference because Fresno State got clapped. But nonetheless, you know, these preseason projections carry some weight when you don't really know much about a team. And then football, going to win in the Coliseum, never an easy easy challenge. And soccer, doing what soccer does, they, just, they score, they score, and they score some more, and they're in the Final Four. Bars. Bars, straight up bars, right? Um, yeah, you know, behind us we've got this uh, very fun image uh, after BYU's BYU football's big win over USC, uh, some people will drop this sign. Little, uh, it actually said I thought it said Pac-12 champs overall at first, but it said in small little letters it says South. So Pac-12 South champs covering the bases um, there. And I know our our guys over at uh, BYU Sports Nation. Shout out to Jerem Jordan and Spencer Linton. I know you guys got another flag. You got a flag in uh, your studio yesterday. Pac-12 South champs that was unfurled yesterday. Well, we've got our version of that here. Um, I, I got to got to go, got to got to go on the field at um, the Coliseum after the game and got to capture this moment with Jaron Hall and Lopa. Uh, you know, shout out our former podcast guest. Not he didn't get a sack against Jackson Dart, unfortunately, but uh, a great game nonetheless. He came close. Did you see on the one where where Dart fumbled the snap, picked it up and kind of oh. scurried into the end zone? Lopa. <laughs> Lopa just like jumped out full extension, like parallel to the ground, completely misses the tackle. Um, wasn't even in the vicinity of Jackson Dart, yeah. but s- 
such great effort, you know. I mean, if you're gonna applaud anything, applaud the effort. But it was a really funny image watching Lopa just oh, this big, for sure. this big dude, just <laughs> absolute full Th extension. There were a lot of those kind of close calls, right? There was the one in the end zone where we almost got the, almost got the safety. Um, yeah, you know, sh shout out Lopa. This was a physical game, you know, li lived up to the Revenge of the Sith, Mustafar duel vibes. Facts. You know, we, we we got the lava, just a lot of a lot of stuff, a lot of emotions going on there at the at the Coliseum. Um, and I know we had some guys go down, a physical game, even Tyler Algier, you know, kind of had to come out for a little bit there. Uh, we're reaching, you know, reaching the end of the season. Guys are, you know, putting it all out in the field. They, they, they truly did leave it out, uh, all out in the field. Uh, yep. That was a really cool thing to watch on Saturday. Well, you know a game is overly physical when Tyler Algier has to come out yeah, of it. Yeah, truly. I mean, that guy, if you look up physical in the dictionary, he's, his picture's <laughs> going to be right there. So you know when Algier's banged up and, and spent, I think was the word that Kalani used yep. when he talked to us. When, when Algier is spent, you know it's been a really bruising day. And how much of that had to do with USC playing dirty? Not mm. sure. Kalani got the 15 yards for voicing his concerns on that matter. Yeah. But, you know, USC... They they didn't want BYU to get that undefeated run against the Pac-12. They're fighting for bowl eligibility. It starts hometown team. He's up from Kaysville. Um, you know a lot of just and obviously two years ago too there was that dramatic overtime win yep. at Lavelle's house here in Provo. So a bit of bad blood between the teams. You know nothing too nothing too crazy, but enough to where it kept it interesting. And there were some there there was a bit of chippiness and maybe. A, you know, from my biased perspective, I thought there was some dirty play from mm. the Trojans. But at the end of the day, one, didn't matter because BYU took the dub. Yeah. And two, you know, they, they overcame, they adapted, they improvised. Jackson McChesney off the bench. Shout yep. out to the Jackson gang. But Jackson's everywhere, just making plays. Jackson's everywhere making plays. And <laughs> our USC had a guy named Michael Jackson the third. Ah, yes. That was pretty clutch as well. Some, <laughs> love, some, love to see that. Some fantastic names. Fantastic names. Out, out there in La La Land. Yeah. Yeah, um, five and zero against the Pac-12 BYU football. Uh, feeling good. Unfortunately, we likely will not get the matchup against Oregon that everybody wants. Uh, however, you, probably next best thing we get we get uh, Oregon Utah, and BYU beat Utah. So if Utah can beat Oregon, I think it's kind of like a de facto we win the whole Pac-12, right? You Should be, especially if Utah beats them twice. Yeah, I would love to know if. I'm not advocating for a BYU-Utah bowl game or rematch this year. I would love to see what would happen Ooh. right now because I feel like Utah would be th th a lot hungrier. They'd have a lot more energy. They've kind of had to take a lot of heat over that BYU loss. Yeah. Um, Cam Rising's the quarterback now. This isn't Charlie Brewer's team. BYU obviously has their injuries, but I feel like their offense is clicking more now than it did against Utah. Um, the Utah win was like kind of a C overall effort from the offense, I thought. But Yeah. You know, it would be it would be an interesting matchup. Oh, certainly. Glad that we don't have to see it because I like saying that BYU beat Utah fair and square, and <laughs> I oh, mean, and they did, and they did, and Twitter's had a field day from both sides with the trolling and the intolerance of trolling. But look, look <laughs> if you were if you watched that game, especially especially if you were there, you know Utah had a chance. This was not the type of thing where they were outmatched. They didn't have the guys that BYU had the unfair advantage. Utah had a chance. BYU fans were nervous. It could have gone either way, and BYU came out the winner at the end of the day. You know, so yeah, and BYU definitely—they they outplayed Utah. You yeah. can, and you know, stop using this Charlie Brewer thing as an excuse mm. because, like, he was the number one quarterback in the transfer portal. Utah fans were blowing smoke about him all offseason, all yeah. training camp. He was supposed to be the guy, and then he goes and lays an egg against BYU. And you know, honestly, he didn't look that bad. He had the two. He yeah. had the bad pick to Chaz. But overall, he was fine. He was a bit rattled. They, he, 
he went in a funk early and couldn't fully recover. But you can't really blame the game on him when both lines completely failed to show up and failed to execute. BYU dominated the game in the trenches. Utah games in the past, focusing on USC, no loss November. BYU, Pac-12 champs. Yeah. Um, it feels good, you know, because I grew up dealing with the Pac-12 not letting BYU in. Mm. Um, there was always that animosity towards the Pac-12. For a conference that claims to be as tolerant as they are, they've been a bit mean to BYU over the years. There's been some unnecessary roughness, I'd say, is the, is the correct term. But flag, 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 flag. But for, for BYU to come out and do what they did against the Pac-12, albeit it's a bad Pac-12, but BYU still took advantage of that. They've lost to bad teams before. It's hard to go undefeated in any sense, whether that be on the road, at home, against a Power 5 conference that has an extensive history with BYU, an extensive dramatic yeah. history with BYU. So yeah. to get to get that undefeated slate against the Pac-12 this year feels just phenomenal. Great great way to exit independence, I'd say, and head into the Big 12 era, Oof. knowing that you're better than the whole Pac-12. Certainly, certainly. You know, this is probably the most we'll ever talk about Utah on this podcast. I, I, pride, our, I pride myself on, you know, not being one of those that has uh, less Utah live rent-free in my head. Um, but, you know, got to give respect where respect is due. Um, they've turned around the season. They've had a fantastic end of the season. All, nothing but respect to uh, to Coach Witt and those mm. those guys up there. Um, wish them, you know, best of luck against Oregon. Um, you know, it's it, at the end of the day, they're, they're, they're a, a team from, from the state that BYU plays in. If they play well, it makes us look good as well. So Yeah, you always want Coach Witt to do well as yeah, well. Yeah, for sure, he's, as an alumnus. He's got a BYU degree on his wall yeah. from the Lavelle coaching tree. Yeah, um, Just good dude, too, you know. He, I can't stand the Utes, but I love Coach and, Witt. And, and, and it, it might be his last run. You know, we don't know for sure. Last dance. There's, been, there's been rumors, uh, you know, Coach Witt calling it after this. Um, great career. So, yeah, sh- shout, out, shout out to them. Um, and I mean, before we, before we stop talking about Utah, we do kind of have to mention men's basketball also beat them or not also, but they did beat them, uh, this past weekend as part of that finale to no loss November. Um, you know, some of some, some guys coming through clutch, Tijon Lucas, um, Alex Barcelo, another solid game, maybe not his best game, but still solid. Uh, Gavin Baxter continuing to kind of show that he's getting healthy uh, and will be a force to be reckoned with down there in the paint. Um, you shout out to our guy Dallin Burningham for holding down the fort while we were out in LA. He got that recap done for us. Um, and hey, you know, in case anybody's wondering, if you if, if any of you are interested in uh, in helping out with this Universe Sports brand, you know, we're always looking for people who love love sports, love BYU sports, want want to uh, pursue a, a career in journalism here at BYU. We've got a thriving program. Uh, in sports media here, so yeah, please uh, reach out to us if you're interested in that kind of stuff. We've got a few people that are they're helping us, you know, because the two guys can't do it all on their own. So yeah, business is booming. Yeah. So hop on the bandwagon. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, for big sure. things coming here for Universe Certainly. Sports. But yeah, any, any other thoughts? But you know, before we kind of move off the weekend, you know, that that Utah win, another road win for for men's another basketball. Which is, you know, I think that's certainly something to be proud of with that Oregon win and now this yeah. Utah win in Salt Histor- Lake. Historically, BYU struggles up in salt lake yeah that's not an easy place to play at the fans there are as hostile as they get i think that playing at rice cycles isn't easy the fans go pretty crazy there but those basketball games get Mm -hmm. intense especially against byu so um that was a pretty solid road effort both teams were undefeated both teams had a lot of swagger coming in but byu is the better team they have a more loaded resume utah hasn't really beaten the the caliber of teams that byu has Mm -hmm. thus far and it showed um, very kept it interesting. It was a close game. Yeah. BYU pulled away late, and you know, like you said, it wasn't Barcelo's best night. Yeah. But I kind of like that he's 
taking a step back because it's showing that BYU has other scores. Yep, yep. Uh, they have those other options. Which is something we've talked about a lot on yep. this pod. One of those second and third guys going to going to step up. T- and then we kind of saw it with Lucas and Baxter a little bit. Yeah, Tijon's coming into his own. It took a, took a bit for him to make that transition in. Um, without Baxter, obviously, BYU is not undefeated up to this point, especially yeah. in those first few games where the Tijons and the Seneca Knights and and the others the the, the, the other options on the team are making that transition. But Tijon's coming to his own. Um, Gavin Baxter's exploding in limited minutes. Foose is Foose. Uh, it's it's been fun to watch. You know, Spencer Johnson shooting lights out yep. off the bench. Yep. Uh, I feel like there's definitely more pressure off of Barcelo's back where he can go and, and do his thing and not have to worry about carrying the entire team. So basketball's coming to their own. I think they're favored in their next 10 straight games. Ooh. So And that 11th game is Gonzaga. Wow. So a chance to be, I believe we talked about over the weekend, 16-0 heading into Gonzaga. Yeah, let's let's be Ooh. super realistic here. Will they go 10-0? No. They, yeah. No so, loss in November can't last forever. For sure. So, But imagine being 15-1 and one or even 14-2 and two going to Gonzaga. Dude, that's if, if BYU, <laughs> unreal. If, if BYU Sports continues the kind of this uh, this streak going into December, what's the nickname for December? Do we call it like Domination December? Dub December. Dub December. Dubs only December. I don't Dude, know. Dubs only December. I like that. Well, I, guess, I guess we'll have to see. They have to get it done first. I think they yeah. have to get through the first two weeks, yeah. and then we can start throwing these things around. Because we didn't get to no loss in November <laughs> until true. like this past week. Because yeah. we had that one weekend where the two national champions in cross-country, volleyball, basketball, football, just the Georgia Southern Week for football, just yeah. everything happened there. And then we're started to, to put the pieces together. Like, wait a minute, we have not lost in November. <laughs> and now we're getting to that point. It's actually happening. Hopefully December, once we start tomorrow, can have the yeah. similar. But UVU at UVU is not an not easy task. They have a dominant big. They have yeah. a decent team. Um, women's basketball has some work to do up at Utah this week. Um, football's got to get the bowl win. Yeah. So. We'll, we'll have to see about Domination December. But I will say the one thing that BYU did, I think the reason why BYU Sports went undefeated in November, a common denominator would be they were brilliant at the basics. If you look mm. at the way they won games, so if you look at football, it's been the theme the whole season. wasn't really a factor in the USC win, but turnover margin. Yeah. Taking care of the football, not coughing up any turnovers, being smart, being conservative, playing safe, but also making those shots downfield when – you know you have a chance to, to get the job done. But, you know, the turnover margin has been a big deal. Jaron obviously threw two picks. BYU fumbled three times. Recovered all three fumbles amazingly. Shout out to Alan Holker. <laughs> hustle play of the game with the 22-yard recovery. Yeah, we, we got to get the hustle. I'm going to go grab the hustle award. Grab the hustle award for Dallin. But, uh, so turnover margin has been a big deal. Um, it was a factor with Georgia Southern. Idaho State, they didn't have any turnovers. Uh, USC, obviously, we had some turnovers there, but... Turnover margin's been a big deal. That's one of the most brilliant basics you can have is taking care of the football. And then you look at basketball. Women's basketball won both of those ranked matchups in the tournament and in the St. Pete's showcase because of free throws. They made mm. 23 of 29 free throws. Free throws was the margin of victory yeah. in that tournament. And how much ba- more basic does it get than making your free throws? Free throws win championships. Free throws win championships, and it did in St. Pete. Yeah. And then you look at men's basketball. Um, the gospel that they're preaching there is rebounding and guarding. Yep. Coach Popa said, we build our house on rebounding and guarding. Yep. If we can rebound and we can guard, we could beat any team. They've beaten every team they've played this year. They could go 16-0 and heading into Gonzaga. Would be unreal, goodness gracious. But you look at those basic principles that they've kind of just 
built their house on as a whole at BYU Sports. Soccer scores like crazy. They just take every shot they can, shoot or shoot. Um, I'm not a huge soccer person. I don't know if that is a basic fundamental, but if you want to win soccer games, you got to shoot shoot the ball, right? Like, uh, I, w- I would say scoring goals is pretty fundamental to winning a soccer game. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I love a 0-0 zero, zero tie <laughs> as much as the next guy. I don't. It's a communist sport, but as long as we're winning, I'm, I'm down with it. But, you know, you got to shoot goals. you got to make goals. Uh, defense guarding in men's basketball, free throws in women's basketball, turnover margin in football. BYU has been brilliant at the basics, yeah. and it's resulted in November dominance. As a Spurs fan, this is music to my ears. Mm. As our best player, Tim Duncan, the big fundamental, uh, known for those basics. Going back to the basics, you know, uh, this week, you know, we've got this uh, outstanding hustle award that gets put around the Daily Universe newsroom. Uh, this week, it's going out to Dallin's everywhere. Uh, this is uh, shout out Dallin Holker for the fumble recovery. Uh, shout out Dallin Birmingham for helping out with the Utah game, and our boy Dallin Wilkes, photographer for capturing some moments from that Elite Eight women's soccer match when we could not be there. Uh, so and our boy Dallin H. Oaks, former BYU president. And Dallin H. Oaks. So and current apostle. Congrats for the outstanding hustle. Keep hustling, guys. Um, thank you for your service. Um, t- speaking of, you know, that last hump that BYU football has to get over, as in the bowl game, let's, let's talk about that for a second. Yeah. Um, so we talked to Spencer Linton before the game. And he let us know that there is a fat possibility that if BYU was within, if they're a top 15 team, that ESPN would, would upgrade their bowl game. Um, all of New Year's six options and scenarios that had to play out before BYU played USC, none of them went in BYU's favor. Mm. Uh, Penn State couldn't get a good done against Michigan State. Michigan picked the wrong year to beat Ohio State. Goodness gracious, I can't stand Ohio State, but I, I've never rooted for them in my life, and yet still... Um, the one time I decided to root for them, Michigan decides to break the curse. Shout out Jim Harbaugh, I guess. Uh, Taysom Hill's biggest believer. But <laughs> the, If we have to, yeah. If, if we have to, man. Uh, I remember when he like first got the Michigan job, there was some Sports Illustrated story or like sidebar about how he had to like climb a tree in a recruit's yard to like help sign him or something like something crazy like that and i was just so like, like get his cat down out of the tree or something so, like yeah. i think he was like playing with his little brother or something oh, he's like nice. climbing a tree i'm like dude jim if you're having to climb trees something's seriously wrong and you know they haven't beat ohio state until this year so see that's a funny story though because like that it, it takes me back to something we were talking about uh on, on this trip which is kind of the difference between college coaches and nfl coaches which is very relevant right now you know given all the moves going yeah. on lincoln riley uh to usc um, you know, and even in the NFL, you got guys like Urban Meyer who moved from college to NFL. Um, kind of, kind of just like the difference in, in personality and that it requires. You know, in, in college, you have to recruit. You have to go out there, like like Jackson mentioned. You know, a guy like Jim Harbaugh, you have to get to the, go to their houses, um, show that effort, and kind of get down and get down to their to their level and uh, level with these uh, these younger players, right? Whereas in the case of an NFL coach. Uh, they're just given players. Yeah. <laughs> literally, literally, I mean, the, the, the team drafts them, obviously, but the the players are coming to them, whereas in college, you kind of have to go to the players, right? Yeah, absolutely. I feel like culture is that big difference maker as a college coach. You look yeah. at Kalani, what he's done here, it's been his culture has carried a lot of weight. I mean, it's pretty rare to see that in the professional level. Uh, shout out to my boy Ron Rivera, Washington football team. Also, no loss in November. Ooh. Took down the Seahawks last wow. night on Monday Night Football. In case you haven't noticed, I'm as stoked as I could possibly be on sports right now. <laughs> um, you know, BYU sports, no loss in November. Washington football team now in a playoff spot. My Baltimore Orioles, still the worst team in baseball. Not going to get better for a while. 
the Jazz are underwhelming. Can't Who win them cares? All. Maryland basketball starting to choke a little as well. Who cares? Uh, BYU sports and my Washington football team getting it done. But anyway, so Ron Rivera, <laughs> head coach. Ron Rivera. Back to Ron Rivera. He, it's his, it's his second year. The one thing that he's done really well for, for Washington has mm. been creating that culture. Yeah. And I get some Kalani vibes from Ron. He's, he's vocal on the sidelines, but when he's in media availabilities, he's very humble. Um, deflects a lot of the praise, talks a lot about just the things that they can control, basics. And then when you see him talking with the team in the locker room on the sidelines, he's fired up. He's got the emotion. He He's so passionate about what he does. And you get a lot of Kalani in that. And, you know, I think passion leads to culture. Mm. And, you know, there's obviously guys that don't fit that mold, Bill, the Bill Belichicks of the world. Right, you, right. you look at the Belichick, the Patriot way, that's their culture up there. Um, he's not a super passionate guy, not a warm and fuzzy, but he gets the job done. Um, but yeah, I mean, like go just tying it all back together that the culture that you get in college and having to kind of pitch who you are, right. show the recruits where they fit in, sell yourself as a program and as a coach and as a developer of talent for the next level is, is so important. And Kalani's been tremendous at that. Mark Pope has been tremendous at that. You look at the guys that they've landed in the transfer portal. And, you know, I think some other good news from the weekend, adding to no loss November is both Washington and USC have head coaches in place. Yeah. Kalani Sataki, the rumors, totally dispelled. I think he's going to stay here for the long haul, at least until we're in the Big 12. So Yeah, so certainly, certainly. Yeah, and you know, I, I, th I think, you know, going back to Mark Pope as well with his kind of recruiting style, he's definitely shown that mentality of, of going out to to the uh, the recruits. I mean, he, I think it was like his second week as head coach, and he flew to Africa. Yeah, um, Safari which, time. Which is obviously paying dividends now with three players in the roster um, that were born in Africa. Um, and they're all doing fantastically. So, yeah, no, definitely. And I think a big part of it is, is humility, like you mentioned, right? Um, being willing to to accept and you know and give praise to others, which Mark Pope and Kalani are both quick to do. Uh, Pope always telling the stories of his players, telling about how great they are. Um, and so, I, and I think that's that's a big part of just being a successful college coach is, is the humility. And showing players that you know you don't have all the answers, but you're willing to grow with them and kind of create this culture together, instead of being in this lofty you know ivory tower and telling all the other kids that they have to reach you, right? Getting down to their level, and that's something that we've seen at BYU. Yeah, they've all the players have mentioned it, you know, and I think it starts at the top with, with Tom Homo as well. Mm. Um, but they've they've all been just been so, all the players have been so complimentary about hey, you know, something something special is brewing here. You can kind of feel the energy. And I think it has, you know, has a lot to do with just kind of that, that humble spirit. Yeah, one of the big things that I've noticed in, in contrast between Kalani and, and Pope, uh, having dealt with them in media availabilities and interviews and whatnot, is Kalani is very deflective of the praise. He's very humble. When he gives praise, it's usually to a unit or a team as a whole. Not a lot of individual uh, praise gets thrown out by Kalani. I think he leaves that to the coordinators. He... Um, he delegates the way Lavelle kind of did. Right. Because when you hear specific praise about somebody, it's usually going to come from A-Rod or Harvey or Tuiaki or any of those kind of specialty coordinator type, type coaches. But Coach Pope, on the other hand, while he's not – I'm not going to say he's not humble. He definitely acknowledges how hard the team has worked and how he kind of accepts, like, yeah, we earned this, like – we, we got this win because we did this, 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 this. But he shouts out guys individually. He's talking about Tijon yeah. Lucas being the best passer BYU's had in how long and how BYU or Tijon Lucas is the defensive presence that BYU builds the rest of their defensive scheme around 
or he talks about Gideon Georgiou and whatnot, or Alex Barcelo being in a league of his own. You know, he he shouts at the guys individually. Yeah. And obviously, football versus basketball, there's less, there's more players on a football roster, um, two different dynamics. But it's very interesting how both kind of have the the common denominator of of that love and that humility, but manifested in different ways and and shown through players and through groups specific. Does that make sense? Like, oh, 100 okay. percent. Yeah, yeah. No, I, I definitely agree with that. Um. And yeah, you know, hopefully, as Jackson mentioned, you know, with those a lot of those coaching rumors kind of being squelched, um, we can have these guys in for the long haul. Uh, but, you know, at least into the Big Twelve, um, and we'll see what happens after that. Now, speaking of great coaches, shout out Lee Kamard. Yes, former yeah, now, former uh, men's legend, three and zero as the interim head coach with uh, Jeff Judkins being out with two ranked wins yeah. and hundred one point pounding of Utah State. <laughs> Lee Kamard, probably probably the heir apparent to uh, Judkins at this to point. Judkins. Yeah, yeah. got to be right. Yeah, which is which is a great place to be if you're BYU, um, because you have you know have a guy like Judkins, Judkins who's been around for a while at BYU has had success, um, and you're seeing all the other sports have this success. You don't want to have any drop off with you know one of one of your marquee programs, which is women's basketball, um, and that's becoming pretty apparent that you know there is no drop off. <laughs> if, if 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 anything, he's brought some renewed energy, um, and you know some urgency maybe to the, to the to women's basketball. They've got some big tests coming up as, as well, obviously, but they're now ranked uh, number 21 in the nation. Men's basketball ranked number 12. Goodness gracious. <laughs> Football ranked 12. Football and basketball both ranked number 12. Goodness um, I mean, Mark Pope was spot on a couple weeks ago when he said, uh, you know, all the all the teams are going to be ranked. Our um, heads are spinning right now. Yeah. The universe sports is. There's just so many numbers. Hard to keep track of all, their, so all strength, these rankings. Strength in numbers, man. It's like the Warriors. <laughs> shout out, shout out Steph. But, uh, yeah. you know, t- speaking of Kamard and speaking of. Um, just this culture that's been created at BYU. You look at what he's done so far as mm. the interim women's head coach. They're three and zero. A lot of that performance that you see, that renewed energy, comes from that respect they have for Lee. They yeah. want to win for Lee. Yeah. Um, you know they love Coach Judkins. Obviously, I don't think they're they're picking favorites or anything, but you know they they respect and they love and they acknowledge what Lee does for them as a team, and they want to show out for him. You know, we've heard different players say that on occasion, and and it's showing. And that doesn't happen without that that culture that gets cultivated by good coaches and players that buy into that vision and having a culture it, it, it goes both ways you know you have that culture where a coach can pitch it and the coach is established and the coach has that ability to to present it in a way that hey this is going to benefit both sides yeah i can develop you as talent uh for the next level and we can reach our team missions with you as part of it and then the players who not only fit that mold in the culture but they buy in and you know it's both ways they recognize both opportunities to grow and learn and it's it's been incredible to see. And you look at BYU sports, there's some individual dominance. You got two cross country national champions. Shout out Whitney, shout out Connor. Uh, you look at the Barcelos and the Tyler Algiers and the Shaley Gonzalez's, and you know, they're just elite star forces in Provo. But the rest of the rosters aren't guys or, or girls that you're going to see play at the next level most of the time. Mm-hmm. You, you might get their cup of coffee or their, their big break somewhere else. But, excuse me, but. It's it's it kind of reminds me of Herb Brooks U.S. nineteen eighty Miracle Team for yep. hockey. Yep. Um, not the best players, but the right players, the yeah. players who fit the system. They trust the process. They they're the right players for what BYU wants to do, and they get the job done. Well, and I think it's at, at, at a certain point as well, the the success between the different sports becomes so contagious. I mean, I can't tell you how many times. So BYU after no loss November ended on with the USC win. BYU Cougars, the main athletics uh, social media account, put out the graphic, right, that said, had all the records of all the teams, said no loss November. And, I mean, 
everyone shared that thing. Everyone, every athlete, no matter what sport they was they were in, were sharing that. And that energy and success is contagious between all the sports. And so I think when it's not, I mean, yeah, you can talk about how you know players want to succeed for their coach and they want to show up for their coach. But I think it goes even beyond that at this point at BYU. I think I think it's going as an athletic department. I think it's as just being a as being a Cougar, as being a BYU athlete. You have that um, that that requirement and that that desire to kind of be be bigger and and succeed for the sake of the brand, for the sake of BYU, and for the sake of the Cougars overall. Yeah. Um, it's become so contagious, and I think it's it's really people are taking ownership of it and they realize, hey, we're part of something bigger. Yeah, it's brand energy for sure. Because yeah. you look at look at a team, for example, look at a football team. If you have a really great football team, every Kalani talks about the three aspects of the game. You mm. have your offense, your defense, and your special teams unit. And so when you're a great football team, you're thinking, okay, our unit has to go out and, and get the job done today. We, I got to do my part. Everybody else has got to do our part. If the offense has our part, defense does their part, special teams has their part, we'll get the job done. BYU, as a whole at this point, has where I feel like every team is one team. Right. And then there's the football aspect, the right. women's basketball aspect, yep. the cross-country aspect, and it's okay. Now our soccer team has to go out and, and get the job done for the sake of the BYU team as a whole. Yeah, yeah. And it's awesome. And then you see just the way the athletes support each other. You, you go to women's games. You got Samson and Puka Nakua there just getting stoked. Um, I've seen at, 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 the, at the soccer game as well. You had a bunch of guys show out for that elite eight matchup. Yeah. I mean, I, I know some guys on the team for football that didn't make the, the travel squad for whatever yeah. reason. They're all in the front row of the rock yep. getting crazy for the soccer team. Um, you go to women's basketball games, you got Foose, you got Trey Stewart, you got Casey Brown and yeah. some other basketball players on the sideline. Um, football games, people going crazy for those. Just people sharing everything on social media. You know, it's just, there's something in the water in Provo. It's not chocolate milk. It's not caffeine. It's <laughs> it, it's exciting. It's fun. Um, like I said, these are the glory days of BYU athletics. This is the time when you got a number 12 ranked football team, a number 12 ranked basketball team that we're gonna look back 20, 30 years ago. Wow, like we, that was us. Like we we were part of that. We got to see that, and it was it was a heck of a ride. So hopefully it it ends with a lot more still left to say, but. You know, these are the days. Enjoy it, Cougar Nation. We're Pac-12 champs. Please, crying please. out loud. And I, I know we've we've had a bunch of different terms and catchphrases to try and describe what's going on. You know, momentum. You got uh, Nolas November. You know, got the glory days. And I, last time we tried to pitch the idea of a, of a renaissance, right? This BYU renaissance. And I think I think it truly is. You know, you look at culturally. You know, what what a renaissance is. You know, one of the more recent examples of, of, of a quote-unquote renaissance was is Disney. You know, Disney's obviously huge these days. Uh, with everything going on, and and back in the '90s, they had their renaissance, right? Where you had movie, movies like Lion King, uh, the whole Pixar thing. Yeah, the whole Pixar too, thing yeah. happens, right? You get like Hercules and uh, Beauty and the Beast and those kinds of things, right? Um, and because they hadn't been great for a while, you know, back in, they obviously were the premier. Irrelevant, I think. Yeah, is the word no, no, for for, for, for sure, for sure, because um, you know they had the originals, you know, back in the '50s and '60s. You got Snow White or whatever back then, Robin Hood. And then, but then they kind of go through, you know, a, a, a middle period, not, not, as, not as relevant. And then you hit the 90s, super relevant, the golden age, renaissance, whatever you want to call it, right? And I think that's kind of what happened with BYU. Uh, great in the 80s, kind of, uh, you know, and, and in the 90s had their moments, kind of, you know, middle of the pack in the 2000s, had, you know, some moments. Flashes. Surely some flashes, right? And then now you, you, you just, it's just hit after hit after hit. Uh, BYU football, BYU basketball, you know, dating back to even a couple of years ago, the BYU basketball win over Gonzaga here here mm -hmm. in Provo, um, you know, the win over Tennessee in football, uh, and it's carried over it into now, you know, with uh, with Stepping Zach Wilson stones. last year, 
um, women's basketball, you know, almost making a Sweet 16 last season. Probably both basketball teams making a Sweet 16 this year. Football, 10-2. and two. Uh, You know, it's just hit after hit after hit. Uh, I think that's really what we're seeing is, is this renaissance, a rebirth, um, and it's department-wide. It's, it's brand-wide. It's it even getting to the point where it's statewide and, heck, even country-wide with some of the turnout we have seen from BYU fans. Every uh, home game. Sh- shout out the fans that were in L.A., uh, really showed out. They were loud, Super dude. loud with the introductions so loud. when BYU came out with their flags at the beginning of the game. So loud. Com- competed with the USC fans, even though it got close at times. Um, always had the energy f- present, uh, especially after the game. Fans all the way around the stadium trying to greet players, signatures. I mean, you see it right here. This is exactly what was going on, right? BYU fans waiting with their signs, want to see the players. They want to get a taste of the glory and the magic that is happening, even if it's just for a fleeting second, like this picture right here. Yeah. They just want a taste of it. Shout out to Caleb Hayes' dad or family member uh, with a super Caleb jersey. Yes. He was super Yes. against USC. Two pass deflections. You know, Dart, Dart's going to be a top five pick in the NFL draft. We we heard that hot take. We saw him play. It's obvious he's the real deal. Yeah. Yeah. He's dude is phenomenal. Loved, loved watching him play. I don't play. even want to know what Lincoln Riley's going to do with him. Goodness it's going to be gracious. filthy. Dude, it's not... Oh, anyway. <laughs> NSFW. <No. laughs> anyway, Dart is an elite talent. He's an NFL talent. And Caleb Hayes batted away those yeah. those deep, on-the-money yeah. throws that could have won the game and then making the tackle a yard short. Can Ooh. you script a better Ooh. ending than that? One yard short, get, in, making up for the one yard against Coastal In last Hollywood, year? baby. In, in Hollywood. Hollywood. La La Land. Oh, my goodness. But, you know, you see my one of my favorite – phrases just in, in life in general stoke is contagious you know mm. if you're excited people can get excited as well yep. you have that energy and that's what's going on in BYU sports um I've seen it a lot the one thing I like to think of it as is kind of like over the years BYU's had their kind of sugar rushes you know you eat a candy bar and you can do anything for 10 minutes and then you crash yeah BYU's had those you know um a few of those Bronco teams overachieved and then crashed back down to earth Jimmer obviously BYU's basketball program the standard was going to the tournament Jimmer comes, makes the Sweet 16, and then they're a bit irrelevant after that. You know, yeah. the, the sugar rush, the, the blips on the radar. Right, and right. I feel like now with the coaches that BYU has, with the, the stoke that's spreading like wildfire around campus and around the athletic department, you have this well-balanced diet, you know. A bounteous feast. A bounteous feast of just good quality food. And I, I wouldn't know. I mean, I'm, I'm the cosmic brownie guy here. Yeah. But just getting on that, that Tom Brady diet, you know. Just yeah. Or you can play to your 60 and look like you're 20 because of the things you put in your body and how, how just well, just how balanced and how good it is for you. And that's what BYU is doing. They're getting on this formula of just like continued success, um, in for the long haul rather than hey let's just send it for one year mm. and have a blip on the radar and crash back down to earth. No, let's build something that's going to actually spread for years and years and years to come, to where more recruits see what we're doing and they come and then more come and you know if you build it they will come. That's what's going on right here. You can only use Jimmer as your recruiting pitch for so long. Yep. Clearly didn't work because those post-Jimmer teams weren't exactly uh, rising and shouting to the top. Uh, Lone Peak 3 kind of fell apart. But now you got this transfer portal pipeline from Pope, these these African players that come um, from out of the country and make an immediate impact. Yeah. Uh, just unreal what's going on. Stoke is contagious, and the fire is, is burning bright here in Provo. Certainly. You know, I think the best example of that, you know, as we kind of close things up, uh, best example, I think, is still Kalani. Uh, you know, I he talks about it all the time. We've talked about it as well numerous times, how he tries to emulate Lavelle um, and how Lavelle was instrumental in creating the, the first BYU Golden, Golden Days, right, and creating that culture back then. 
um, you know, we, we kind of crunched the numbers a little bit. And if Kalani were to stay uh, as long as Lavelle did, he'd be here into the 2040s, uh, which is just a crazy thing to think about. Um, and who knows if that'll happen? Uh, you know, who, who's to say, especially with, you know, just how the coaching carousel goes these days. Um, but I think we're definitely getting a little taste of that. I think it certainly could happen. I think Kalani is here for the long haul, and he's kind of from the ground up created, uh, helped create that culture and that, that kind of thing where it, it is it is balanced, right? And it is the kind of thing where people want to come here for, for the long haul, not just for the little sugar rush, but for, uh, you know, a lifetime of, of, of changes, of, you know, impact um, in, in their lives. And I think we're, we're really seeing that. Shout out Tom Homo. Yeah, as well. Made it sure. all happen, all these hires. Yeah, most Didn't definitely. Couldn't do it without you, Tom. Man, I, f- I feel like we just kind of got to this point where, like, I just feel so. I feel like almost like this reverence about, about what's going on. It's a, it's a, it's a spiritual experience, you know. Catch, catch the vision. Yeah. Catch the spirit. Catch the spirit. <laughs> to quote the the Great Rush, but uh. But yeah, please. Um, you know, we we haven't you know had a chance to take uh, you know too many like mailbag questions or anything like mm. that, but we we'd love yeah, might to hear from from all, from all you guys. You know, especially as there is this increased level of stoke and energy. Um, send us what you guys are excited about. Um, which which team, which event, you know, in the month of December are you most looking forward to? What's going to be the next big challenge for BYU sports? Um, let it, let us know. Let us know who you think des- deserves the next Outstanding Hustle Award as well as we continue, continue to give that out. And uh, Pac-12 South Champs, baby. Pac-12 South Champs. We'll be back later this week talking BYU-UVU hoops. You know it. Whatever else happens. When does soccer play again? I don't even know. Soccer's on Friday. Soccer's on Friday. Santa Clara. Santa Clara. Can we talk about how messed up that is? It's uh, it's questionable. Final four with your conference rival Santa Clara at their home home base, you know, or home home grounds. I I can't talk today. Home field. (laughs) However, uh, shout out Greg Rubel who tweeted this stat out. Last time BYU beat Santa Clara was in a non-conference matchup at Santa Clara. And that is what's happening this weekend as well. It's a non-conference matchup at Santa Clara. Uh, hopefully, they can uh, have the magic continue. So soccer doesn't play in the same conference as Santa Clara. They do, but uh, strangely, it must either this was before the WCC or as some part of uh, some kind of out-of-conference tournament or event. The, the last meeting was a non-conference matchup. So, Interesting. But they do. Yeah, Santa Clara like the, the has been competing with BYU for the WCC crown. Some of those women's sports, like the volleyballs, the soccer's have. Yeah weird conference things for and it's sure just, it's hard to look we got uh, number 12 ranked football number 12 ranked basketball 21 ranked basketball who cares i mean there's there's so much to wrap your head around <laughs> final four soccer and final it's coming out this friday so check out all those things we'll be coming at you guys later this week peace out